0: This episode is brought to you by Labette Hardware in Oswego, Kansas. It's a great little hardware store. Make sure you guys are shopping local. Small places like that are uh, what keep our communities great. So Labette Hardware in Oswego, check them out or give them a call at 620-795-2331. Okay, can we cuss on your podcast? It's guys sitting around chewing the fat. Hmm. He made me right here in the bed. You we guys didn't see app. that. kids do you have five wow yeah. what's the age difference oh uh
1: let's see oldest was born in 96 and the youngest was 03 18 so 18 to 27 um, yeah yeah so nine year, five kids in nine years and you're finally kind
0: of done right
1: my last one graduated yeah so yeah
0: do you feel like you're done or are they
1: uh, yeah, I could, because I don't have grandkids yet, oh. but obviously it's never ending in the sense of, yeah. yeah, they always need dad help.
0: Do they always call you for legal advice?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Can you give legal advice to someone like just for free if you choose to?
1: Oh yeah. I mean. Like
0: your, like your daughter, you don't have to sign. No. To the degree, yeah. They can call. I, I mean,
1: you. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, especially when you live in a small town, you have a lot of people that they have a quick legal question. They don't got to go talk to a set an appointment up yeah. go talk so you get a lot of questions you know right. random questions, quick which, questions and they're quick there's usually nothing complicated to it
0: yeah the rain's coming down that is hope you can't hear that in the background <laughs> all right so let's get started ross albertini
1: yeah so. uh
0: what do you work for yourself or do you work at a firm
1: well i'm actually the f- a full-time city attorney for parsons
0: oh city? so oh okay I yeah got
1: you. so i i do their prosecution and then i do you know like the go to the meetings and make sure open records, open meetings and contracts and all that kind of stuff is done. And I do some small stuff on the side, um, yeah. but but nothing big. I was in private practice for about seven years.
0: Yeah. So how long have you been doing it total?
1: I uh, graduated in 97. So working on what,
0: 30 years mm. now. Nice. So in real estate, which is what I'm in, it's, it's in bigger cities, there's commercial realtors uh-huh. residential realtors but in a small town to make a living you kind of got to do it all yeah. is that how it is in law too you got to do criminal you got to do defense you got to do or is it do you get to pick one and stick with it
1: for the most part you're, you you most people in small towns or attorneys in small towns are going to be general practitioners and they're going to do your divorces and your criminal defense and you know they're going to do real estate and probate and you kind of do all of that um yeah. in the old days uh you would have a lot of attorneys in small towns they maybe would do insurance defense because in the old days when someone had a car wreck or you know an insurance claim mm-hmm. insurance companies would hire a local attorney to represent the insurance company and and so every town like parson's would always have a firm that maybe did a lot of that pittsburgh had a firm that did a lot of that and yeah. and so on but uh, now the insurance companies just hire big firms in big towns From to, out of to state, do it yeah. so so you don't see that. So most of your small-town attorneys are general practitioners. I mean, yeah. obviously some maybe specialize. Like some attorneys might be better at divorces and do more divorces, right. but they're going to dabble in everything. Yeah, same way to, with criminal.
0: Just to keep the books full? Yep. I got gotcha. you. Well, you know, one thing real estate agents and lawyers have in common is we get a lot of shit. <laughs> until someone needs you.
1: Until someone needs you. That's right. Everybody hates an attorney
0: until they need one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of that, or is it, are people pretty cool? Small town, you know? Oh,
1: you know, it's, it's small town, and when you know everybody, no one's too bad. Um, I, I joke with my kids, because I have one that's, he's in law school, and I say, look, you go to a big town, everybody puts attorneys in with insurance adjusters, or Cars used salesmen. car salesmen, <laughs> or, uh, you know, you, you have that reputation. But in a small town, you're still kind of halfway considered a pillar of the community when you're an yeah. attorney, so it's a little bit better. And when you know people make jokes. And they tell jokes, yeah. and, and I don't, that's, not yeah. you know, they're just being funny. It's not a big right. deal.
0: Is it easy to make enemies, though, in a small town, like on the other side of that? You know, you, know, you, you represent somebody's sister in a divorce, and all of a sudden, her family's half the town, and they all hate you. I and mean, then, does that happen?
1: To a point, I think a lot of people understand that you're just doing your job. And and if you treat people with respect, you know, even even if they're the other party, you're, you come out okay. But yeah, if you... You know, if you're a jerk, I mean, and to a certain degree, you know, that's part of the business is being a jerk, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it can be, I I know one time I went into a, a liquor store once to, uh, buy something and this was years ago and I said, Hey, can you take my check? And the guy looks at me, goes, you are my wife's attorney in the divorce. And I didn't remember, <laughs> you know, you, you know, and he's like, Oh, and he took the check. So I don't know if it was his way of getting some of his money back or, <laughs> or what, or maybe I, I said, I, I hope I was nice, you know? And yeah. so, but yeah,
0: you run into that. Yeah. What do you do when like, cause Saint, you're from St. Paul, is yes. that right? I grew up in Chautauqua, and
1: then I live in St. Paul now. So, and I, yeah, so I'm, I'm local Southeast Kansas through and through.
0: So St. Paul's less than a thousand people. Is it hard to like? Are are you allowed to say you represent someone in a divorce, and then the person, like that guy at the liquor store? Yeah, his daughter wanted you to represent her. Is it kind of like I can't really do that because my previous client, or if
1: I mean, the case is over uh, and there's not going to be an issue, you, you you don't have to worry about the conflict.
0: I mean, but is it hard even if the case is over, just because you're past? relationship or it's like, Hey man, I'm going to hit everybody because I'm in town and there's only 500 people here. It, it just depends. Um, I
1: mean, a lot of times it really gets down to that. If they need the representation and, you know, obviously a small town doesn't have a lot of attorneys to pick from, yeah. uh, you, you, know, you, you, you'll do it. I mean, I've had, you know, and, and I took it as a compliment. I remember I had a divorce when I first got out of law school and I mean, and of course, when you're young, you, you really hustle hard, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus the... Yeah, take anything. Yeah, and and, and it was pretty aggressive divorce, and, um, you know, it, it ended up being done with it, of course. And then, I don't know, a few years later, the, the spouse, the ex-husband on the other side wanted to hire me to represent him something, because, you know, he was he thought, I guess, you know, he was impressed that I did my job good enough <laughs> that he wanted to hire me, you know. And, that's and kind of so, cool. Yeah, so I took that as
0: a compliment. But, yeah. Yeah, so... So in your opinion, you know, and you see it on Facebook and you got, I understand that the court system's not perfect, Uh but also I understand there's some Facebook warriors out there that take it a little far. In your opinion, how bad is it as far as being broken? Like everyone says, and it's, it all is, I mean, I, I see parts that are broken. Like if you're innocent, you still have to pay to fight, but I also don't know how you fix that. So is it as, you know what I mean?
1: it's definitely not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but i mean i think it's as good a system as anywhere else in the world i mean um you know a lot of it is so people-centered i mean you have good judges good prosecutors good police officers the system's gonna the rules are irrelevant to a point because it's going to go well because of the people you can have great rules but if you have a judge that's not very good or a prosecutor who's not very good or bad attorneys, you know, it's it's not going to work well either. So a lot of it is just the people, you know, who are doing it makes a, a huge difference. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely not perfect. Courts are not fast. I mean, yeah. uh, it takes a while for things to get through the court system. And obviously it's sad, but the cost of litigation all of a sudden becomes a factor, you know, on, on how you handle a case versus maybe what's right or wrong just because, you know that's you know the clients don't have an unlimited amount of money to spend on something, so that's always a factor. Um, so yeah, it's not perfect, but I, I don't think it's broken as bad as everybody wants to say it is. Right.
0: What's what, is there anything you wish you could change about it like, specifically? <sighs> Other than speed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I laugh. It's a little hard for me because since I'm the city attorney for Parsons now. I, most of my time is spent in Parsons Municipal Court. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it, it, people say, well, what's that like? For older people, I would compare it to the old show Night Court. If you've ever watched that, I, I know I've you've heard probably, of it. You've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it. It's very informal compared to maybe district court. but uh, um, So I don't know. So I'm not in district court enough to really say, you know, what – something big that needs to be changed. I mean, you could argue, okay, some countries have loser has to pay attorney's fees and that gets rid of, you know, maybe some frivolous lawsuits. That and would make like a that. little
0: sense, but I also, that on, on civil stuff, maybe that would be hard if there's not really a loser, you know what, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And,
1: and, and sometimes, yeah, if it's a frivolous lawsuit, sure. But sometimes you have a lawsuit that you feel you are doing the right thing and and but you still might lose but you you don't know that till the judge makes the decision so how are you going to you know you're going to penalize people for doing what they think is right just because
0: you know yeah, it's it's kind of tough because there's no way at the end of the day in a criminal thing only the two people going at it are the ones yes. who really know what happened yes so there's no way to truly I, quote fix it perfectly cuz people might get it wrong yeah that's right it's kind of kind of sucks yeah.
1: and you know and criminal cases. And and that's tough too. Maybe you, you take a plea bargain, you, you want to fight it, but you know, obviously there's risk involved and and we run into this a lot. I I haven't done criminal defense in in a long time, but when I used to do it, I was, you know, court appointed and had a lot of cases and you know, you you might be innocent, but you have to weigh what's the chances of being convicted versus being acquitted. And if they give you an offer in the middle, you at least know what is going to happen. You know, that
0: is tough. It is tough. I can't imagine that would be, gosh, yeah, suck. So you touched on it a little bit, but why does it take so long? I mean, you say it takes court a long time to process things. Why is it just because there's so much going on every crime in the county or whatever it is?
1: Well, there's the obviously the case load for the court slows things down, and there's only so many hours in the day that the judge can have 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 court, and then mm-hmm. um, just the nature of of the way things are i mean you know you have so many procedural hoops you have to jump through and you want to make sure you dot your i's and cross your t's and do all those things and it sometimes litigation just takes a while especially if it's a like if it's a divorce case and there's a lot of financial records you're trying to get yeah you got to cover you, you got to make
0: sure you're 100% yeah right. and
1: it just takes a while to get that kind of stuff and then you know Cases, I think, in the old days went to trial a lot faster than they do today now. Yeah, not even the trial long. itself,
0: but just getting there. Yes,
1: takes forever.
0: That is that is one thing. Like I can understand in a trial you need to, if you're sending this guy to prison or you're giving this girl all the assets because in yeah. the divorce, you need to be sure because some of it's kind of irreversible. I know you could probably yeah. argue that, but as far as just getting there, yeah. It's like good god, it takes sometimes it years.
1: Takes a, Yeah, it can. Yeah. Crazy. And you know, and and it's always tough. I I know when I was in private practice and you would have divorce clients and criminal clients. You know, that's the biggest thing going on in their life, you know, at mm-hmm. that time in their life and for the attorney you might have 50 cases of the same thing and it's just you know and it there's a balance of trying to remember hey this is a very important to the to my client you know it's the biggest thing going on in their life versus you know it's just another file on the shelf and they need to understand i i can't just devote everything to their case yeah
0: so i mean around here i don't i mean there's probably less and when i say around here i mean within you know, thirty minutes of parsons, uh-huh. forty-five minutes of parsons. You'll know better than me, but there's probably less than ten lawyers that are super, like practice a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I feel like I know three or four of them just from seeing them around. Mm-hmm. And everyone uses this girl. Everyone uses this guy. Yes. You know. So when you're in a small town area like this, how many cases is it is normal for one guy to take on at once if he's doing divorces and and criminal stuff and you know, maybe something for the city, how much is normal? Is it five cases, 20?
1: Oh, I mean, you might have 50 or 100 cases, but each case is not the same. I mean, some cases, you know, you might have someone that got a speeding ticket. Well, that's not going to be a very time-consuming case versus someone with a really heavy divorce. I mean, because not all divorces are the same either. You know, some people, they want a divorce, they fairly... They get along fairly well with their right. spouse, and everything's kind of agreed upon. It's just they need the paperwork done. Well, that's not going to take nearly as much time as the two people who hate each other, <laughs> you know, and are going to fight over every little, you know, right. s- spoon and fork in the in the drawer, yeah. you know. So you'll you just have a lot of cases, and that's one of the reasons things maybe bog down and take time.
0: And like you said, I mean. It is the most important thing in their life. It's all they can think about 24 hours a day. How do you explain to them, listen, I only work 10, 12 hours a day. That's a lot already. (laughs) I'm trying to help. I mean, how do you explain that to them? Or can you? Or do you just... You try.
1: and, And most people do understand. It's just, you know, obviously you're it's Christmas Eve and you're supposed to get your kids on Christmas, you know, at five o'clock on Christmas and the other side doesn't want to bring them till six and you you know how emotions take over and you know, sometimes people don't think clearly, but it is what it is. You just try to get everybody and work through it.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, gosh, it just seems like if I was, if, which I, like I said, I told you before we started, I've never hired a lawyer or whatever, but Mm -hmm. if I did, I would, I would probably be the most annoying client ever because I would be up front. I'd be like, listen, I don't even care if I have to pay extra. Yeah. If I call or text you, I at least want an answer within 24 yeah. hours. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I've heard of these horror stories where they're like, man, I got a badass lawyer, but I text her and it takes her two days, three days to text back, you know, or, or email or whatever. It's like, yeah, that wouldn't fly. I mean, if, if, I, if my life is on the line because someone's accusing me of murder, yes. I need to know now. I know. Or, or today. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that's how most people are, but well, with high stakes stuff. You know, and is, is the client going to be satisfied with
1: talking to the secretary? You know, and, and, and they will in cert, most of the time, but there's certain things they just want to talk to I the mean, attorney about.
0: Can, but are, are secretaries usually licensed? Like, do they usually have their. So they can't really even answer qu- legal questions, right?
1: <laughs> they can't give legal advice, but right. obviously they can say, you know, hey, the judge did send the paperwork back and right. it said this or something okay. like that. I mean.
0: Yeah. I guess that's a little better. You got to yeah. have a good secretary probably.
1: need to have a good secretary. That's right. Yeah. So. Gosh.
0: What's it like, because kind of on the same topic with limited amount of lawyers in the area, I'm sure as any other practice, whether you're best friends or not, you guys are colleagues and you know yes. each other. Is it awkward with a guy who you just had lunch with Tuesday, trying to make him look like an idiot in the courtroom on Wednesday, and no, then trying to go back to no, normal Thursday?
1: It's not because we're we're you're kind of used to it. I mean, and and I want to touch on it is a big thing in in the, with the Kansas Bar Association right now is the shortage of attorneys in rural areas. That's a big because topic. of that reason. Because well, just because yes, and just you know they feel like rural areas are underserved by attorneys because you know. And, and you haven't obviously, but you know, you need a divorce attorney in Southeast Kansas. It's it's
0: it's harder to find them, and you know, if there it, are there some that are so busy they say no. Do you think or?
1: Yeah, they they will. I mean, I mean, you you, you try to judge, and it's always a balancing act. I remember private practice. I mean, obviously you got to have income to pay the bills, right? It, but you also can't overload yourself with cases to the point where you can't get anything right. done. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes you catch yourself maybe taking a case. You don't want to take because you're worried about the time element, but you know it's that time of month when you got to pay right. payroll and everything else. So you, you take the case or whatever, but um, you do have to, as attorney, be cognizant of the fact that you can't stretch yourself too thin. But uh, back to the original point, it just there's a shortage of attorneys in in rural areas, southeast Kansas included. I mean, you're pretty young to probably remember, but at one time there were a lot more attorneys in Parsons than I have heard now that
0: because. I know people who have used them and, and they say names on, everyone used to use this guy, yeah. this guy, this guy. Now there's just this guy. You yeah. Know? So I have heard that. Um. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people get, go out of town for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in Parsons, I'm not sure. I only know of one person, yeah. personally that's in, par- like office in Parsons. There's two with offices okay. in Parsons. I know some that practice in Parsons. Um.
1: And then there's one with an office right on the edge of, of town, yeah. Um, so, but the one of the ones in Parsons actually has an office in Pittsburgh, so they kind of split time between Pittsburgh and yeah, and Parsons.
0: I feel like I would have to live, like, if I was a lawyer in Parsons, I would have to live in Pittsburgh just because I wouldn't <laughs> want to see. You know what I mean?
1: You know, it, it does make a difference. Uh, I agree because there's nothing worse than going to Walmart. And like you said, if you're doing a divorce and it's been a nasty divorce, and you know the other person. The client for the other side doesn't like you and then you see him at Walmart that's always awkward yeah <laughs> you know what's the like penalty
0: that. for like saying something if you see him
1: oh I, I would you could get in trouble with the disciplinary board but I would never I mean I know you I know you, yeah, I'm just you curious. you might say hi but I would not I mean no I wouldn't yeah you know, engage in a conversation <laughs> yeah you know
0: yeah how hard is the bar to take
1: you know, of course, I will say this. has been a long time since I've taken Does it. Does
0: it cover all types of law?
1: Uh, yeah, you have to know a broad array of topics, and there's kind of two parts. There's a Kansas-specific part, and then there's what they call a multi-state. And, uh, and that's more generic kind of stuff. And if you pass the multi-state, then when you, if you want to take the bar in a different state, you wouldn't have to take that part of the right. bar. That, that would be you know count, but, uh, like, but there is some Kansas-specific stuff yeah and it was i i won't say it wasn't easy it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination i didn't I didn't sweat it too bad I didn't think it was horrible i mean I didn't like ace it by any you know stretch of the imagination, but it was not I, it wasn't something that I, I thought walked out of the room going, oh my gosh, that was the worst experience ever
0: Where did you go to law school? I went to k u yeah yeah do you think it matters a lot where you go or it just matters the information like do you think someone from Harvard really has a an advantage against someone from k u
1: I think it makes a difference on what kind of job you're wanting to get. I mean, if you're wanting to come back and practice in rural Kansas, it's not going to matter where you went to KU or Washburn or, or Harvard. Obviously, people might be impressed with Harvard. Yeah. But it, you know, as far as being able to do your job and do it well, it's it, that's not going to matter. But trying to get a job that obviously would make a difference, and I'll use the example when I was in law school um, at KU – summer internships were a big thing and the big firms that paid the big money, they would put on the bulletin board. We're only going to interview the top 10% of the class. Yeah, so that makes sense. Versus I had a friend who was the best friend of my wedding uh, or best man of my wedding. He went to Notre Dame and yeah. these same multi are these same nationwide law firms would interview there at Notre Dame. They didn't care if you were in the top 10% of the class, if you were going to Notre Dame, yeah. they were interviewing you. So, so that would make a difference. Yeah. Um, I could see if you were, Wanting to relocate in, say, Chicago or back east, people might know KU just because of the basketball team mm-hmm. versus, say, Washburn as far as name recognition. But as far as, you know, the the difference in the education you're going to get, I think they're fairly similar. Do
0: you feel like you use everything you learned in school in real life? Because, like, for me, and right now, I am I just got back from Kansas City. I was there all week uh-huh. uh, studying to take my broker's license. Uh-huh. I have my real estate license. Yep. I'm getting my broker's license. and it's it's reminding me of when i took my salesperson test it's like okay i learned everything i passed the test and i use nothing day to day or <laughs> yeah. i use 10% day to day it's more about learning like strategies and you know yeah. all that stuff is that kind of the same way but you got to know law a lot more where i would feel like you'd use what you learned in school more than me maybe
1: probably like with law school, when I first went, we had a professor tell us, look, we're going to teach you everything you need to know in two years, but the third year, we just want your money. And he laughed when he said it, but yeah. he was probably halfway serious as well.
0: Do they teach any strategy, or is it uh, all just basic law? Or do they or do they teach, like, when someone does this, a way to undercut them or whatever is to I, do this?
1: I think the there are classes, like, on trial strategy and that kind of stuff. There but are. not every class yeah. is geared that way. But I will say, I think law school... A lot of it changes the way you think and approach problems. I think that's, you know, as far as analyzing situations and problems and all that, it it, it does change the way you you look at things. But yeah, I mean, you might take a water law class and yes, if you are going to deal with- That sounds
0: boring. It, water can, law. Well, it's,
1: <laughs> it's a big thing in Western Kansas. That's, that's a huge topic in Western Kansas. Huh. Um But- you know, you might take that class, and if you were never going to use it again, obviously you're going to forget everything you have. But um, sometimes I'll you know, you might run into an issue like, yeah, I, I'll have to look it up. And that's the thing about law school is it teaches you where to find the information. But, you know, you something might spark your – jog your memory from law school. Like, oh, yeah, I probably ought to look into this issue because I remember having that in class a little bit.
0: Yeah. Man, law but, schools. But there's
1: a lot of stuff. You're right. You, you don't. It's like any other school – yeah. There's a lot of you don't use, but
0: Right, they just have to teach you. Yeah. Whenever I'm my day-to-day stuff, I get paid personally on a percentage basis, mm-hmm. obviously. So, if I've got 5 houses under contract and they all got to close by November 1st, yep. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut <laughs> off most days, but as long as I get all my fires put out per yep. day, I'm cool. Yeah. How hard is it for you to remember I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off and I got to put out all these fires. And I also got to remember who to charge from nine Oh three to 9:57 because I am charging a lot and every minute counts. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, that is the great thing about being the attorney for the city of Parsons. I don't have billable hours anymore. I just get a salary and I will say that's not something I, I don't miss trying to keep track of that. When I was in private practice, yeah, you had a, clipboard and it had a bunch of lines on it and when you worked on someone's case you wrote down how much time you had and
0: yeah but i mean even if you're right in the middle of that and you get a phone call do you take it and stop and write okay from 1005 to 1012 i was on the call with this client i mean yeah i mean no, that's I w- not fair to the other client you know what i mean
1: i will admit i wasn't great at, at times i would do a lot of try to remember at the end of the day what I did, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure I underbilled clients just because I always wanted to err on the side of, right. of of not overbilling when I was doing that. But yeah, it's the habit. Now I know a lot of technology, which, which I don't have to worry about utilizing, but now people have computer programs on their computer. So when they work on a client's file, they'll, they'll hit a button and it'll keep
0: track. Kind of like the you're time. just clocking in under yeah, a job. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Do you find yourself in your, Are you able to turn it on and off, or do you find yourself in everyday life using strategy like against your wife in an argument? First of all, (laughs) you'll never
1: win an argument (laughs) against my wife. That's just, it doesn't matter. I do know her, and it seems like. So. Yeah. No. So, But no, I I mean, yeah, I think the way you think about problems and approach things, you you might look at daily situations a little bit like that. But no, I do not try to out-litigate my wife or even children. That's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, but I just, not even on purpose, I would just think if I, if this stuff's drilled into my head in law yeah. school, and then I practice it every day, and it's <laughs> it's make or break, I just don't know if I'd be able to turn it off, you know? Yeah. I'd find myself using strategy in an argument all the I, time.
1: I would guess if you were a litigator who did a lot of trial work, and it would probably be hard to turn off the whole how you ask questions and, you know, getting yeah. confrontational with somebody, but, you know, like I said, around here, when you a lot of solo practitioners you know you're not a heavy duty litigator that does that all the time
0: hey guys as always this episode is brought to you by golden oak real estate i'm going to keep it short and sweet so we can get right into it but if you're buying or selling any real estate commercial residential or land give us a call at 620-605-3018 do you think a lot of the problems are similar though for like lawyers around here versus big city as far as the stress relief and like, cause I think like the suicide rate's pretty bad too. I don't, I'm not sure, but I've heard that and like tr- struggling with alcohol addiction when you're off, whatever, you know what I mean? Is, do you think that problem still exists in rural areas?
1: Oh yeah. I, I don't, I, I think that's across the board just because high stress job. It's a high stress job. Um, Honestly, most of the stuff you deal with is very negative. I mean, you know, you're Oh yeah, no one goes you, to court for fun. <laughs> no, I mean it's if someone's going through a divorce, obviously that's a very negative thing and that will bleed over, you know, or if someone had a car wreck, obviously maybe someone's injured or died, you know, that's you know, you're yeah. dealing with all of that stress, um, you know, and it can be take its toll on you emotionally. I know the the Bar Association has an impaired lawyer segment to it where, you know, if, if you have a substance abuse problem or maybe depression or something like that, you can call and try to get help. And they're very cognitive of trying to, to help people out that way. So yeah, I mean, it, it can, you know, it, it does have its effect on, on that. Yeah. I, and I think that's why, you know, there is a fairly high rate of those kind of problems in, yeah. a, in the attorney world. And I don't think it matters small town or big town. I mean, the practice is different in and, you know, in a smaller town, and you touched a little bit on this earlier, you do know all the attorneys, you work with them all the time, and um, you might have lunch with them, and you're going to go in the courtroom and, you know, argue to the death, you know, the next day or whatever, and that's just part of the business, and, and a little of that starts in law school, because in law school, everything's very competitive, mm-hmm. class rank and all that stuff, so you you know, you have your friends, but you're also competing against them, and then that carries over. In a, in a bigger community, you don't have... The, the bar is not as familiar with each other. You, maybe you're not as friend good of friends with the other attorneys as you might be in a small town. So you know, it is a little bit different um, in that regard. I, I do feel like it's more of, uh, you know, the familiarity you have when you're in a small town with with the other attorneys. I think is a nice thing. I think it, yeah. You know, I think it's is good. it
0: illegal to talk about it with your friends that are attorneys outside of the courtroom, like. Hey man, you knew I was right. Why did you keep? I mean, obviously you know why they're getting paid to, but well, why did you try to say this when you know that's not true? Like, can it, it, you say that or is it? No, you can't. I about mean, it? if
1: you if 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 the other attorney is the if your the other attorney is the other attorney on the other side of that case, yeah, discussing the details or and things like that, it's is, okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, obviously hmm. you might not be able to say something your client told you in confidence right. to the other attorney, but but the 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 case itself, I mean like if you're in a court arguing all that's open to the public that's public record so discussing that outside wouldn't be a problem i guess that's
0: true yeah, yeah. so you did private practice you did some criminal mm-hmm. you don't have to tell me if this ever happened to you but i feel like one of the hardest things to do would be representing someone who you feel like is guilty and i know you have attorney client privilege sometimes they might even tell you they did it and if i'm if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but you have to say something if they tell you they're going to commit a crime, but if they tell you they did commit a crime, you can't say anything. Isn't that right?
1: That's, yes. I mean, and I would, and it was kind of jokingly, but I would tell, but there is some truth to it. I mean, I, couldn't, I can't let someone lie to the court. So if someone came... You can't let them lie? No, that is... That so is, if I
0: tell you, hey, I murdered John, yeah, and, and then, you're representing me... And, and you, I say not guilty. You can't. Well, rep- if you
1: say not guilty, that's one thing. But if you get up on the stand and say, "I didn't kill that guy," I, that's, I probably you probably wouldn't. get I wouldn't let you testify in court. <laughs> but you wouldn't. I mean, but you can't. You can't say that. So, I, and I would tell people when they would come in, and, you know, look, I, uh, I don't necessarily want the truth. I want your story because if you right. know, and I, and I didn't want them to lie to me necessarily, but they just need to, you know, they need to understand what you tell me if i i can't put you on the stand and know you're going to lie i mean that's just that's just a no no in the world of ethics legal ethics so
0: what's the difference between yes i killed him but i'm pleading not guilty
1: well and i always laugh uh you know when someone does something very big and it's in the press and everything and they, the first thing they say is well they pled not guilty you know in court well you always plead not guilty in court <laughs> Uh, especially on the very first appearance, because you don't have any of the evidence, you don't have any of the police reports, you don't have anything. You might so be you, able
0: to get a, a plea deal. Yes. Or something.
1: So you plead not guilty, and and then you know, because even if they, I mean, let's say I'll use an example of a DUI. Let's say you have a, a, a DUI case, and and the guy was drunk and he blew in the machine and he was over the legal limit. Um, that still doesn't mean you couldn't argue that he should have never been pulled over to begin with. Maybe the officer didn't have a valid reason for the stop. Um, would that get you out of it? Yeah. I mean, they have to have a valid reason to pull you over.
0: So even if a cop says, yeah, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have pulled him over, but then I did catch him and he was drunk. That guy could get off. Yes. I mean, there has to be a, and,
1: and and it goes both ways. It has to be a valid reason for the stop. But even if an officer, let's say it's two in the morning and there's a car driving down the road and he's like, okay, I I'm going to pull that guy over because I think he's, I want to see if he's drunk or not, you know, two in the morning, who's out at night. Is that
0: legal for the cop to do?
1: He has to have a valid reason to pull him over. So let's say he's, the guy doesn't use his blinker. He can pull him over for not using his blinker and check the DUI. Now he just can't pull him over because he wants to check the DUI. But if the officer in court says, look, I wanted to see if they were drunk, but he didn't use his blinker. As long as he did an infraction, you can pull them over, no matter what the motive behind really? pulling them over was. So like, let's say middle of the day, the officer's going to say, I'm not pulling over a guy with a blinker. Yeah. You know, it's middle of the day, not a big deal. But at night, you're really wanting to see if the person's drunk. As long as that blinker wasn't turned on and it's an infraction, then yeah, that, that can be,
0: they can pull them over for that. Court Being a lawyer and court just seems like it would be so hard because everything is arguable. <laughs> like even if I if I punch you in the face right now and it's on camera, yes, it can be argued that I didn't. Yes, it just is so. It doesn't it seems mean it's ex- believable, but it is exhausting. Arguable. The, the, and it also seems like it's unfair that. And correct me if I'm wrong on this too, but if I'm accused of doing something and it's blatantly obvious to everyone that I did it, it's on camera, whatever. Uh huh. As long as I keep paying my lawyer, I can kind of keep fighting, right? appeal appeal yeah. again how many times can you appeal something Unlimited?
1: Uh, i haven't done appellate work in a long time so i'm not sure i mean you would yeah. appeal it the court of appeals and if they denied you you could appeal it to the supreme kansas supreme court and yes what if they deny you uh you might be able to try right, to appeal it to the united states supreme court but that's not something i've ever done and i couldn't right. come close to telling you the process there
0: um so it's like if you're the victim, you just have to sit there and if I've got endless money, I can kind of just drag it out. Forever. And that is
1: that, that's a strategy. I mean, that's especially big companies that have a lot of money versus, you know, the, the individual who doesn't. That is that is a strategy you use. I laugh. See,
0: that's one of the things that just doesn't seem fair, but on the other side, I also don't know how you'd fix it. Yeah, I'm just i just pointing know out solution. it doesn't seem fair. Yeah.
1: And and I've had the situation where you might, let's say you have two divorce cases and one set on a Friday and the other one set the following Monday and maybe in one you're representing, you know, the mom and the other one you're representing the dad and, and you go in on Friday and you're arguing, well, this, my client's income shouldn't count against their child support calculation for whatever reason, A, B, and Z. And then, you know, Monday you've, you go in and you have the other parent, you have the exact situation, but you're on the other side and you say, well, that income should count against the child support calculation, you know, and the judge, and I've had this happen, they'll look at you and you go, weren't you just in here Friday arguing the exact opposite? Can the judge say that? <laughs> yeah. Bring up another case. Yeah, and, and of course, you're, you... What do you say? Well, in your mind, you're going, yes. <laughs> but, you know, you're like, well, Your Honor, that's a completely different scenario, and you, just you try know, try to come up off with something. Topic, but yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that happens. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I got to ask, what's the craziest story you can tell? Obviously, no names, but, I mean... When you were in private practice, craziest story, or, or a colleague of yours that you're like, that happened? I got to get a good court story out of you.
1: I don't know. I, I had a jury trial once, and um, my client and myself did not agree on the strategy of the case. And, uh, and just to make a long story short, um, it was a criminal case, and intoxication was actually a defense to the charge. So if you were, in, and, there, and not then that's not the case in everything. Like if you commit murder and you're drunk, that's not an excuse. <laughs> yeah. But but in this particular instance, I think it was a criminal threat. And if you were drunk, just running your mouth, that is a defense to felony criminal threat. And I'm not that,
0: saying it's going to win, but it's a defense.
1: Yes, and 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 that was my argument is the client had been in a bar and um, they'd been drinking, so that was my defense. And my client wanted to say that they weren't intoxicated. Well, they, they, they'd been drinking, so that wasn't an issue, but that they weren't running their mouth because they were drunk, that what she had to say for the criminal threat, she had every right to say. And so, um, you know, I ask the question, I say, were you in the bar drinking? Yes. I you know, had more than one or two or three. Yes. And, you know, and I just sat down and the client goes, well, wait a second. I have more to say.
0: On the stand. On said the that? stand. Oh God.
1: And, and so were you like, shut up? Yes. You know? <laughs> It, but but no, and, and so the judge looks at me and I'm go, Well, Your Honor, it's you know, she has the right to testify and if she wants to say what she wants to say, that's fine. She wasn't lying. I mean, I mean I knew what she was doing. But you say. kinda knew it was coming. I knew I thought I was hoping wouldn't. it wouldn't but and so she starts so you're kinda of
0: throwing your hands up.
1: Yes. She <laughs> starts with this long narrative and the, the prosecutor says, Well, I object, Your Honor, that's a narrative which in a person's not supposed to tell a story. You're supposed to answer questions. Right. And so the judge looks at me, and goes, well, can every once in a while you just say, and then what happened? So this person was just telling this long story and I would just randomly every once in a while interject. And then what happened, even if it applied or not, you know, <laughs> and,
0: and it, all the little technicalities. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, it was just crazy because she didn't want any part of what I had to offer, but that's okay. I tried to withdraw, um, and the judge said, no, we're all ready for trial.
0: You tried to back out of the case?
1: Well, it was funny. Um, she looks at me right before the court trials says, don't worry, I'm going to take care of everything. And I said, all right. And the judge goes, are you ready for trial? And, you know, you have the jury there. We picked the jury, um, you know, and all the witnesses there are ready to go. And she, she says, Your Honor, I would like a new attorney. And the judge says, why is that? And she said, um, my attorney's not ready for trial today. And he looks at me and he says, is that true? And I go, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm here. And she goes, well, I have a letter from my attorney that says he's not ready. And so the judge looks at me and I go, yes, I wrote that letter a month ago saying, Hey, we need to get ready for trial. We're not ready. You mm-hmm. know, court's going to be in a month. We need to get together and prepare. But I said, I'm, you know, we have, and I'm ready to go. And I said, but in light of this your honor, if she doesn't want me to be her attorney, then I don't want to be her attorney. And I'd like to withdraw. And he goes, no, <laughs> the, the so jury's here. Know. Everybody's here. We're having this trial today, no matter what. And so the way we went, and then that was the story that happened a little bit later. You know, when she
0: was yeah. testifying. So at that yeah. point, she was like, "Yeah, yeah there was
1: not a lot of synergy at the defense table." Yeah, but ultimately, she was acquitted, so it, it worked are out you, well. Did she thank you? No, I don't. Th- I don't <laughs> believe so.
0: Yes. How do you pick a jury? Um, that's a fun process, actually. Um, you know, I mean, you're straight just judging everybody by their facial expressions. Right? I mean, I watch TV shows, you know, I, I'm saying things that it might not be in real life. But.
1: I have a good story about jury selection. Um, but, essentially, you get questionnaires. They send out questionnaires to all the prospective jurors. And I don't think they're real complicated. It's like, you know, your name, um, you know, your address, do you have any crimes? Or if, you know, I don't think they ask specifics, but just some, some, some very generic general information. And, I know when I was in my private practice firm, if someone had a jury trial, they'd take all the questionnaires and they would pass them out to all the employees and say, do you know any of these people? If you know them, you know, do you think they would be a good juror? Do you think it would be a bad juror or, you know, you know, and so who,
0: who would ask that?
1: Uh, the attorney, we would, you know, like, with like all this, in your office, yeah, in the office, oh, you would okay. pass out to all the secretaries I and maybe you. all the other attorneys and say, Hey, do you know any of these people? Because you know, we're, what do you know about them? What do you think about them? We're trying to prepare, you know, pick a jury. So maybe you'd have a little bit of an idea going in, but, um, they call it Vor dire and, and you have, they randomly select, I think. If you have a 12-person jury, they'll pr- randomly select 24 people that are sitting in the jury box, and then they'll have all the other people sitting down in the audience. Um, and you ask questions. You can ask questions. You know? I mean, if you have a DUI case, you can say, hey, um, have any of you ever had a DUI before? And if you know, some of them will raise their hand. You can say, well, what happened, and, and ask them questions. Um, you know, I, I probably messed up one time. I had a personal injury case. And I know I messed up in hindsight. Um, I ask, you know, one of the questions you ask is, have any of you ever been represented by me before? Because that'd be a conflict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say yes or no. And then you always say, hey, did I ever represent, have I ever been in a case against you? Because obviously mm-hmm. you don't want somebody on there that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you pissed them off, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, and so none of the jurors knew me, which was good. And I, but I knew one of the kids worked for my father-in-law. And I said, "Hey, I think you might work for my father-in-law. Is is you know that going to be a problem?" And the kid goes, "No." And I said, "Well, did my father-in-law say anything about it?" And, and he said, "Well, he told me to give you whatever you want." And <laughs> the lawsuit, it was a personal <laughs> injury case, and the judge is like, "No, no, get, get out of here." And in hindsight, I shouldn't have asked the kid that question because <laughs> I it would have been nice to have him on the jury.
0: Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, see, even stuff like that, it could have easily yeah. have slipped through the cracks. And yeah, It's so. I, it's, I, my boss. It seems like some of it's just luck with. It can in, be in court. I mean, and, and so you bad pick your, or good.
1: Yes, you pick your jury. I mean, you ask questions, and and you can go through randomly, and you know you can ask generic. Does, has anybody ever been involved in something like this? Kind of a question, or you can ask specific questions to specific jurors based on that questionnaire. And sometimes picking the jury takes a, you know the first whole day of the trial. Yeah. And so you ask all your questions, and, and if a juror gets kicked off, they grab someone out of the audience and they bring him in and they sit him in the chair. And so after everybody's done asking questions, um, you know, you get to kick off six people, and the other person, other side gets to kick off six people. So, so you have twenty four. You kick off your six, they kick off their six, and you end up with a jury of twelve. And then, you know, away you go. Um, But one time, you know, I had a, it was a disorderly conduct case. Well, there there was a few other charges, but, you know, we go through and there was no denying my client had said, throw out a bunch of F-bombs and, you know, did a lot of Mm -hmm. yelling and, making a ruckus. And then that's pretty much textbook disorderly conduct, you know, being just being loud and noisy and alarming disorderly. people. That's, you're just being disorderly. And so I got to the end. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here for my, my closing argument. So I decided to uh, say, I just started off and I just, I threw out an F-bomb. I said, you know, F-bomb <laughs> and everybody kind of looked, and I go, look, this is 2000 and you know, whatever year it was 12 everywhere on TV. People say the F word. Yeah, Everybody, that's you know, in every true. reading. Go, Why is that offensive now? Why does that raise alarm? And you know, I kind of went over. But my problem was I didn't really have that argument in mind when I was picking my jury, and I had about three elderly ladies on the yeah. jury. <laughs> you know, you and, and, and they were not impressed by the <laughs> F word being thrown out like that. And so, uh, needless to say, that was not a successful tra- strategy in that case.
0: Can but, you cuss? And like, can the other? Could the other attorney have objected that? Uh, what are the grounds for objections? How many different? I mean. Oh, you can
1: object for almost anything. I mean, obviously, if I was saying something using cuss words in a way that was disrespectful to the court or whatever, then, yes, the judge would probably say, look, we're not going to use that language. And obviously, you don't want to hurt your client's case by saying something that's going to irritate the judge or the jury. But, um, you know, there's different—like hearsay is probably the most common form of objecting. In other words, if you're a witness— you testify what you've seen or heard, but you can't say what another person has seen or heard unless that person is there to testify. In other words, you can't say, you know, well, you know, my best friend said this, this, and this, well, if your best friend's not there to testify, he, you can't say what he said. And that's called hearsay. So if you start to say something like that, you know, you would object that's hearsay. Um, sometimes, you know, a question is asked, well, what do you think, you know, police officer, what do you think, um, the defense the victim was thinking in that sense, well, that's speculation that, you know, you're just speculating what someone else is thinking. So that would be an objection. So, you know, all those kind of things, you know, that's a narrative. You're not answering a question. You're just telling a story, you know, that, so all those kind of things come into play.
0: Did you watch the Amber Gregory, uh, Johnny Depp case? Uh, my wife did. They objected like every two seconds. Yes. Yes. It was that comical. I know. Is, can you object to too many objections? Like, can you object to an objection? I feel like you can. You guys can argue I everything.
1: I suppose you could. I don't think it's a technical, legal argument or objection. But sure, if I mean, if the you know the judge is going to listen, yeah, I, I mean, you, can you, you would, say, you I would say you're being argumentative. That's probably the, oh, argumentative. You know, you're, you're, we're being argumentative here, Your Honor. Really? Yeah.
0: Even though you're there to argue, you can't. Like, how? what's argumentative? Like, what's the definition of that? Because you're there to argue.
1: Well, and I'll be the first to admit, especially if there's other lawyers that do a lot more litigation than me, um, I might not be 100% right. But let's say, for example, I ask you a yes or no question and you don't answer yes or no. You just start arguing with me. Yeah. You know, you could have or, or let's say I, you didn't answer the question the way I wanted you to answer the question. So I kind of start arguing with you. The other, your attorney could say your objection. You're, your, he's the, you know, he's being argumentative with the witness. Right. The witness said, answered the question. It's just he didn't answer it the way he wanted. Right. It. Now he wants to argue
0: with him. I guess that's true. That makes sense. Yeah. That that wasn't
1: honestly. It's funny. Um, I had another case one time, and and I knew this was going to be bad. Uh, it was a child support case. Yeah. And. It was a individual who, you know, they had children with, like, their first marriage, so they were older, and then they got remarried and had younger children. Mm-hmm. And um, a little behind on child support on the on the older children. I don't think behind. We were arguing about the amount of child oh, support. Yeah, yeah. And so and I told my client, I said, well, why don't you bring your—he had twins. I said, bring your twins to court with you, and maybe the judge will see— you have these younger kids and, and, uh, you know, he'll feel a little more sympathetic to you. And the kids were like very small. I mean, they're like one or two years old. Oh, yeah. And of course we're sitting there and, and these children shouldn't have been in the courtroom. They were just, you know, they're, they're young kids and they're, they're fidgeting and they're crying and they're fussing the whole nine yards. And, and, the, and my clients up on the stand and I'm asking him questions and I say, you know, look, uh, you know, you have now you have two younger children and that costs a lot of money. And of course it does. And I said, you have to pay for daycare on these children. He goes, yeah, he goes, you know, I pay for daycare, whether I use it or not. And, And the judge stops and he goes, wait a second. You mean you're paying for daycare right now? And I knew, as soon as the judge oh, said, I knew shit. where this was going. I was like, oh, don't ask, don't ask. don't." And the judge goes, and, and, the, and the guy goes, well, yeah, I'm paying for daycare right now. And then I was like, oh, don't say. It. He goes, well, then why are these kids here? Because they're disrupting the courtroom. And I was don't say. It. He goes, because my attorney told me to. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he <laughs> threw so you under the he bus. He threw me under the bus. And I, he didn't mean, you know, he was just answering the question to the judge. But I just, yeah. as soon as the judge said, wait a second, are you telling me you're paying? I, just, I knew where that was going to end up
0: Yeah. At. So. And then the other... Attorney could argue if he could pay for that, he yeah. could pay for child support. Well, know?
1: the judge just looked at me and said, Why? And I was like, Well, Your Honor, I thought you know it'd help you to understand the gravity of the situation, you know. Yeah. But no, it was you got to think on your feet <laughs> at times. If you, if you're in the courtroom, you do. And that's the thing with though, lawyering, there's a lot of stuff that are paperwork oriented, you know, where you don't have to go litigate. Not everybody wants to be in the courtroom,
0: yeah. Because I mean, anything can happen in the courtroom, anything can
1: happen in the courtroom, yeah. Gosh, it's
0: crazy. Do you watch any of the lawyer shows, or do you have enough of it?
1: Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I just yeah, it's kind of you I I'm there every day, and you know, and, and and obviously there are realistic aspects to it, but like lawyer shows make it look like attorneys have jury trials every you know week, and, and and they don't. I mean, I was in private practice seven years, and I had one, two, three, four, maybe five jury trials in seven years. I mean, they they just didn't. And then I've had one or two since I've been at Parsons, and they just don't. You know, happen that often.
0: Yeah, always better in the movies. <laughs> well, thanks for coming out. You bet. I'm sure appreciate you got, it. I'm sure you got other things to do. I probably owe you about five hundred dollars for the hour. Yeah, well, we're I'd, not billing. Don't had worry. To get, had to get one lawyer joke in.
1: Yeah, that's okay. I, I know a lot of good lawyer jokes, so yeah. you know.
0: But yeah, thanks for coming out.
1: All right, appreciate it. All
0: right. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode. That was a lot of fun. I've been wanting to get a lawyer in here for a while. And he was perfect for it. So huge shout out to Ross. So much fun. Guys, if you're liking the show, don't forget there's a lot of ways you can help us. Uh, You can send this episode or any episode to a friend of yours through the app where you're listening, whatever platform. Like if it's Spotify, send it through Spotify. However you got to do that. Really helps us out a lot. Also, if you have an opportunity to leave five stars wherever you're listening to, please do that. Super helpful in algorithm. Uh, But other than that, Tell your friends, word of mouth, and uh, if, as always, if you know anyone cool, totally send them our way. We're not hard to reach, so got a good storyteller in your family or a crazy uncle, shoot them our way, and, and we'll uh, definitely get them in here. Thanks for listening.